The young boy who entered our office seemed to know an awful lot about us, and he was annoying one second and adorable the next. But more importantly, he was a professional. There was a madman on the loose, threatening to black out the US airwaves. The kid had heard that if you needed dirt on old comics characters, the DC detectives were the ones to talk to. And, well, who are we to deny him a chance to watch the pros at work? Hi, I'm John. And I'm Matthew. And we are the DC Detectives. It is our job to go back through the annals of DC Comics history and chronicle the evolution of all your favorite heroes from start to every reversible finish. Now, John. Yes. We're going to talk about Carol Danvers today, right? I mean, we can. There's nothing saying we can't, but we are not going to be talking about that Captain Marvel. Or, or that other person who they were confused with and had legal uh, repercussions with, Superman? No, we are not talking about that marvelous captain either i don't know <laughs> oh well done i don't know what, oh i've been hoisted petarded i don't uh, i don't know what he's a captain of i'm sure at some point superman was made captain of something he's got to be a member of the armed forces at some point or at least like, he, i'm sure he was captain of the football team yeah he didn't he get promoted to captain of that football team I, that one time he played football i don't know i feel like I mean, he's world oh, champ. Certainly honorary. Yeah, honorary at least. He's I, a, he's. I'm sure he's the captain of some intramural Justice League softball team. You know, which I I'm I, now watching you like you want so bad. Well, I mean, you know me, X Men <laughs> baseball issues. Yeah. It all you always have the Claremont opening, right? Uh, but yeah, we're getting into a character who has been heavily uh, namesaked, heavily litigated, very heavily litigated. Ugh. But somehow, still, the single most uh, best-selling character of this age? I think you're right, yeah. And uh, lest we forget, he also had a television show at one point that I'm very tempted to buy the entire complete series of. Um, live action serial, right? Live action Shazam Isis Power Hour at one point. Him and Isis. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Like... Oh, it's a thing. You can find the intro on YouTube, should you desire to. I know like, I did. Like, what level of quality are we talking here? Are we talking um, the kind of thing you forget about, or is it like... Probably probably the same level of quality as the Wonder Woman or the Incredible Hulk television show were. Like, okay. not not amazing, but, like, passable that they ran for at least, at least two or three seasons. Okay. But, bottom line being, I, I just got into it, and I was like, I kind of now want to watch this show. Um... The but, real yeah. bottom line being, we're about to talk about Captain Marvel. Yeah, boy bands <laughs> aside, uh, we're going to be talking about Captain Marvel. <laughs> and it's funny because he's a kid. Or or Captain Thunder, or as many of you might currently know him as Shazam in the DC Comics lore. First off, we're going to talk just real briefly about something called Ashcans. Mm-hmm. So the chronicles or archive editions of the uh, Captain Marvel books that we got... Uh, start off from the very beginning of Captain Marvel's run with the very first comics ever published by Fawcett City Comics, which is a company that will be later uh, annexed by DC Comics in their very large sort of purchasing buyout of the comics industry. Did they actually buy them out, or did they um, just... I think they them? I think they bought them. Okay, I think they bought out the comics portion of what they did, right? I, To my understanding, the company was going under, and DC came in and said, we want all of your properties. 
and that was how Fawcett City kind of lived on was through the pages of DC Comics so Fawcett City was one of those myriad of comics companies that was popping up in that time period let's say 1930s and 40s and they were looking to start their first book now remember DC has Action Detective Sensation All-American and Flash Comics that's a lot of different books that one company publishes. So naturally, uh, copyright law wasn't kind of what it was today, specifically written copyright law back in the 1930s and 40s. So um, it's generally believed and general practice of, co of written copyright that once you publish something, you own the copyright to it. So companies would publish things that they would, for, would refer to as ash can issues, which were cheapo, um, one-cent issues of their comics on really crappy paper, no color, that they would then send out to newspaper stands to claim that they had published their book. And this was to secure the art rights for the title of the book, as well as the characters and the stories therein. So, unfortunately, Fawcett City Comics was late to the game in some of their publishing, and they tried publishing the first issue of Captain Marvel as... Flash Comics. Of course, DC would say, nope, we've already got that, because this issue was published in January 1940, which was around the same time that Flash Comics was actually published by DC. So they tried again with Thrill Comics. Didn't work out, because there was another company somewhere that was publishing Thrilling Comics or something. I believe it was uh, Better Publications, which is hilarious, acquired the rights to the title Thrilling Comics. Fawcett decided to use the title Wiz Comics. So now these then become all Wiz Comics. And the jokes just write themselves. Exactly. So, uh, like Wiz Bang. So old-timey, you know. But know. for those who can't see the spelling, <laughs> which is W-H-I-Z as opposed to W-I-Z-Z uh, or Wizard. Which actually would be appropriate for this. Right. So that's where we're coming with with Fawcett City Comics. So this is our first technically non-DC character that we cover in the Golden Age. However, because of the acquisition of Fawcett City Comics characters later by DC, Captain Marvel, Captain Thunder, Shazam, becomes a DC Comics property. And I believe his Earth in the multiverse prior to Crisis on Infinite Earths was one of the few Earths that had a letter denotation and not a number denotation. Why? Huh. If I'm not mistaken, I can't really remember. This is just me off the top of my it. head um but if i'm not mistaken his earth was like earth something that had to do with some sort of uh denotation to his former publication so that's where we're starting off so th the first couple of issues that we have here are ashcan comics and of course the ashcan flash number one thrill number one or uh whiz number one are all published in January 1940 because they're like, oh shit, we got to publish this stuff to try and figure out what we're going to do. They don't get to do it. And eventually February 1940 is when the first official Wiz comic comes out is Wiz number two, which screws with the numbering all to hell. <laughs> so you've got like two number no fives. More, it's still less confusing than uh, Marvel. Oh yeah. it's it, This is the first weird bureaucratic pain in the ass that we're coming across in the comics industry to our knowledge. So we're going to start uh pretty solidly here uh joanne's all set and you got anything else to cover i know we wanted to cover the ash cans anything else like legally as far as captain marvel needs to be concerned with anybody else you feel like they need to know prior to going into this so 
I mentioned that there were two major points of litigation that uh, sort of occur around Captain Marvel, Shazam, whatever you want to call him. And that is, first off, Superman, because, let's be honest, he's Superman. Right. Two years uh, prior, Superman was coming out in action comics to Captain Marvel. Yeah, it's like in there are enough pieces now that we would look at it and say, oh, well, no, a distinct character. But remember back in the mid-90s when things were Doom clones? Yeah, this is kind of that same kind of feel. Like, in retrospect, it's part of a separate genre. There's space for Captain Marvel to be his own character. And it certainly feels different. However, yeah, he got... Uh, there was a little bit of lawsuit going around. Uh, and then later on, of course, you have Captain Marvel. Marvel side, which makes things a little bit crazier. Correct. That being said, for all that Captain Marvel, this character was successfully sued pretty much uh, yeah actually successfully sued twice still the best-selling character of this era the number that i've seen quoted by uh success stories of comics i think it's called uh let me check my citation comic book success stories uh wikipedia says uh called it out as a total of 1.3 million books sold bi-weekly oh my god yeah. Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. Rocket Raccoon sells like 19K now, and that's after two blockbuster uh, movies. That's amazing. Also, for the record, you should totally go read uh, Fuck You Marvel by uh, Colin Space Twink because it's really interesting seeing actual number crunching in issue sales. But yeah, we're talking like 100K is a big ass event right now. And that's 1.3 million as a matter of course. Right. Bi-weekly. <laughs> yeah, this guy This guy was the money maker. Um, but yeah, so those are all good things to know. Good, good background for where we're coming with this. So we're going to jump right in from Wiz Comics number one slash two, January 1940 or February 1940. Billy Batson is an orphan newsy boy who seems to hang out a lot in front of subway entrances from the street to the subway. And is brought by a mysterious stranger to the wizard Shazam via, I want to say, the magic school bus turned into a subway train. Yeah. And as he meets the wizard Shazam, he explains to him that he has all this power and he gets his, his power from uh, his name, which stands for or the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Thus, the anagram Shazam. Billy is then uh, recruited by the wizard Shazam to be his new champion and to fight the seven deadly enemies of man, which are pride, envy, greed, hatred, selfishness, laziness, and injustice. Pretty straightforward. Mind you, Billy is a child. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really stress this again and again and again because this is important. First of all, awesome art um, mm. by C.C. Beck with Pete Costanza. Uh, all the stories are written by Bill Parker, but... C.C. Beck and Costanza consistently draw children correctly. This is yeah. the first time we've ever seen children drawn thematically and stylistic correct, uh, correctly with the other characters in the book. If you remember Green Lantern, when he encounters the children, they look decidedly like family circus compared to his weirdly anatomically correct mm -hmm. body. Yep. The Superman 
Yeah, the uh, kids Art, who can't decide how old they are. Yeah, the Superman art look. The guys look like Lon Shoreman. Uh, Batman kind of looks correct, but really, you only ever really see Robin, except for that one time he went to that orphanage. And, and, and even then, Robin looks a little bit weird, and so does young Bruce Wayne. Correct. So Billy is a child who is brought by a stranger to the wizard Shazam, who then in, imbues him with the power of Solomon, Hercules, Atlas, Zeus, Achilles, and Mercury. And in doing so, by saying the wizard's name, Shazam, Billy turns into. In the Ashcan issue, Captain Thunder. In the Wiz Comics issue, Captain Marvel. We will refer to him as either Captain Marvel or Shazam. It is the same person. And that's just all you really need to know about that. So, Billy now has the ability to turn into Captain Thunder, Marvel, Shazam. And this gentleman is essentially what I would believe to be a... 25 to 35 year old version of Billy. I imagine more closer to the range of 30 to 35. I'd go like 32. Big dude. Big big dude from small kid. It's like the movie Big except with superpowers and he's not trying to make toys. So Never actually saw the entirety of that movie. That's a good-ish movie. So Billy is now Captain Marvel and then he falls asleep and finds himself back in his home, which by the way is back on the street because he's an orphan because his uncle kicked him out because he was stealing all of his money. That's the reason Billy is by himself. His uncle because was a dick. the uncle was stealing Billy's money. Yeah, correct. Uh, Billy was being used and manipulated by his mm-hmm. uncle. Billy now wakes up back on the street and continues to sell papers, realizes that the headline of one of the papers says, oh, there's a madman who's trying to interrupt, you know, America's radio abilities across the nation to black out the radio signals. And... He hears some information about it, but from men who try to buy papers from him, and then he goes to a news station and says, I can, you know, I know where these guys are going, and they're going to lead me to the crook. The newspaper, or the radio operator guy says, you're full of shit, get out of here. And so Billy, as Captain Marvel, approaches, uh, finds these men, and disrupts their operation, and is introduced to Dr. Sivana, who is... Billy's main antagonist for the rest of entirety of the existence of Captain Marvel as I've known him. Dr. Sivana is one of the old school standby villains that will always be in DC Comics. Sivana is just this creepy old looking dude, you know, a, a, a mad scientist with the ringing hands, big glasses, you know, buck teeth, big hooked nose. He looks like a mad scientist compared he to all the scientists. He looks like a Von Braun? Kind of, yeah. He looks more mad scientist than any mad scientist we've seen in any other comic so far he doesn't look just like an intellectual no, no red hair yeah he's not luther so uh captain marvel foils the plans of savannah and then billy brings the radio operator director guy to, to the house and says and this is how they were going to do all this crap and blah 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 and the guy says wow good work do you want to be a radio broadcaster small child and billy says yes and that is the entire origin story of captain marvel shazam Okay, okay, okay. We're gonna do a lot of things to a child without proper vetting. But sure, sure. We'll just move on to Wiz Comics. Well, I actually do want to uh, talk about one bit in there. Sure. Uh, how Shazam, the old one, uh, dies. I don't think he dies. I think he just disappears or really? passes on. But yes, it is believed that the, the wizard is gone. He has a giant weight drop on him, right? Yeah, he pretty much ac- gets acne killed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's actually the perfect explanation of a, that. A giant 
like stone block drops on him as soon as Billy says Shazam for the first time and lightning strikes him and the block falls and the wizard is gone slash dead. Because if I remember rightly, it was like a sort of Damocles situation where the rope above him was like fraying, holding up this gigantic ass weight. And then right. in the course of summoning the lightning bolts, uh, it's just a little bit weakened and eventually kabam. Right. And it's it's very strange. I usually take it as a metaphor for like the wizard's time is up soon mm-hmm. and therefore he needs to call upon someone to do this and Billy's just the kid for the job. Uh, mind you, also, Captain Marvel Shazam, his his suit and powers have not changed since his creation. He is pretty much unchanged as a character, as a look, even today. And he flies right away, right? Pretty much, yeah. Uh, they don't show it immediately, but he does start flying without any sort of uh, pomp and circumstance as to, oh my god, he's flying! So he does actually fly before Superman does. Yeah, uh, <laughs> depending on whether or not Superman's flying in the newspaper, comic, or the cartoon. But yes, uh, it, mm. as far as the comics go, Captain Marvel is flying before Superman, yes. Wiz Comics number 3, March 1940, Shazam stops a war orchestrated by Savannah. Savannah seems to be way more well-equipped than Luther in the fact that he has an entire army. You know, artillery, air force, infantry, everything in Captain Marvel stops it. Uh, he does, however, I count it as body count three, where I think he, like, blows a plane up and then also throws two tanks into each other, and I'm kind of going to say that the people inside those are, are dead. But you know, not on screen. Not on screen deaths, mm-hmm. but the people inside those things are definitely dead. Yeah. Wiz Comics number four, April 1940. Shazam goes to Venus alongside a disguised man who ends up being Sivana and gets trapped there by the Queen Beautya. Beautya and Savannah then leave Venus and strand Captain Marvel there, who then builds a rocket and then gets back to Earth and stops uh, Savannah and Beautya, who get away in the, you know, ensuing moments. But in the course of events, Savannah discovers that Billy is in fact Captain Marvel by watching him change into Captain Marvel to protect them on Venus. Um, how smart is Solomon? That he can... <laughs> That he can just, like, mm. look at old rocket schematics from a, like, from oh, a mad Oh, I thought scientist. you meant that he didn't realize that he was giving away his secret identity. That... Like, you do have both things side by side. On the one hand, yeah. he can build a rocket ship. On the other hand, shit at... secret identities? Yeah, shit at, shit at that. Um, <laughs> Wiz Comics number 5, May 1940. Savannah has Queen Beauty use her charm and powers to become president. Kind of, it's a weird, like, they're trying to essentially have her become president. Uh, Billy forgets the magic word due to a device that Savannah puts him in and has to rediscover it and get ready for Billy being unable to or forgetting the magic word for the sake of distress. I'm I'm actually pretty down with that because it establishes a very clear weakness that, I mean, I feel like every time that he is prevented from turning into Captain Marvel, it's actually reasonably earned instead of just, I can't. Correct. Uh, Wiz Comics number 5, June 1940. Shazam stops a criminal scientist from brainwashing street urchins to do crimes while uh, undercover as Billy. Billy then uh, gets spanked and turned into sh- and then turns into Shazam and then the guy has Shazam bent over his knee. It's, a, uh, it's some Scooby-Doo shit right there. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's like the level of like WTF about the entire situation. Your situation has plot holes. Uh, so does this comic. Yep. Wiz Comics number 6, July 1940. The Circus of Death! Uh, get ready, we're back to you, circuses, folks. We have a circus issue 
and a football issue. Oh, I was thrilled. <laughs> the circus is, of course, run by Savannah and Queen Beautia, who bring Venusian monsters to Earth. Um, Shazam essentially kills all the Venusian animals at the end of rounding up the carnival, which was completely unnecessary because he incapacitates or makes them completely harmless in suing, you know, in, in lieu of stopping them. But he kills all of them, and that's six. I'm counting that as six deaths because why you he very purposefully like disney ties them up or like mm-hmm. makes them non-threatening and then he just like rounds them up in the tent and drops them in the ocean like a dick uh Wiz comics number seven august 1940 shazam stops a, t- a scientist from unfreezing cavemen to use as an army uh kills about six more people in this he destroys four planes and then kills like two other dudes Wiz comics number eight september 1940 shazam stops a guy from kidnapping people at sea with a giant water pump tractor beam underneath a boat which was kind of interesting that was the first time i've seen I, that i love the schemes in this yeah so these are these are pretty dope Wiz comics number nine october 1940 shazam stops a guy with a shrink ray from shrinking people who are complicit in his crimes to steal from him Wiz Comics number 10, November 1940, Shazam stops Savannah and Beautia from landing or launching missiles at the U.S. from sea. That was pretty, like, it went from 0 to 10 real quick with, like, some of the threat levels in this. It's like, thievery, thievery, missiles, you know, directed at the eastern seaboard. I was like, ooh, okay, that's some escalation. The one that was kind of interesting there was that that actually does look a lot like the V1. Yeah. Uh, Wiz Comics, number 11, December 1940. Billy and Shazam go to Marvel College. Uh, this is when Billy apparently is enrolled as a freshman. Again, I, I, I say, Billy is a child. He's nowhere near the size of the guy who's, who's the Adam, who is a college student, and does not look nearly as developed as him. Or, or Johnny Thunder. He's very clearly child-sized. Child-sized enough to fit in in an undercover sting operation with the street urchins. Oh, yeah. Let's, let's put it that way. He's he's a kid. Shazam then joins the football team and, un, and like, destroys a uh, sports betting racket. Also, Billy, as an 11-year-old, is hazed into a fraternity. As an 11-year-old, the fraternity's like, yeah, that guy. Like, that legit, g- like, skull and crossbone society. Right. There's uh, a great, there's a great, like, skull cave thing to which yes. on, the, on the Instagram I put, uh, what, what's in there? And underneath I wrote, only what you take with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> which is really pretty much the only thing you can say when leading someone into a darkened room. Uh, Wiz Comics number 12, January 1941, Happy New Year. Shazam stops Nazis. Uh, from killing refugees overseas in faulty bomb shelters, specifically spelled G-N-A-T-Z-I, Nats, Nazis. So just pretend you're Brad Pitt and Glorious Bastards. Wiz Comics, number 13, February 1941. Shazam stops Savannah from using a youth serum to de-age soldiers. Baby Billy appears in this for no <laughs> reason right. whatsoever because he's like, you know what, I've never tested this on children, I'm crazy, why don't I turn you into a baby? Uh, and it works, and then as a child, as like an infant... Billy, who still retains his knowledge, not Captain Marvel's knowledge, Billy's knowledge, makes, like, just starts drinking stuff in the lab and f- finds the antidote. Which is the worst idea that a kid could have. It's pretty far out there. Like, we're all scared about going into labs without our uh, goggles. Like, you remember the, oh yeah, she never wore her glasses goggles, now she doesn't need them? Yeah. Yeah, oh. I remember that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, Wiz Comics, number 14, March 1941. Shazam stops Savannah, who breaks out of jail after figuring out how to make himself intangible by saying aloud some sort of equation that makes his molecules phase in and out. I, I thought it was specifically he was calculating the way uh, molecules were moving such that he could time exactly perfectly when to walk through a wall. Right, that was that's what he was doing. And then also Captain Marvel figures out how to do it and then does it and beats It's the weirdest Savannah. shit. It's the weirdest shit. That's not how it works. No. Solomon is apparently also that smart. Wiz Comics, number 15, the last one we're covering, March 1941. Billy finds out the history of Beauty and Savannah and their family on Venus with the Glompers and Magnificus. I wish... N- none I of wish that I is had... a lie. None of that is a, a bit of a extemporaneous stuff. So the, uh, the frogmen that are on Venus that they encounter the, the first time... Yeah, the, 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 they encounter the first time they go to Venus are apparently referred to as glompers. They're the race of the glompers. They're frog people, men-ish type things about the size of Savannah, who is a little bit taller than Billy. Think dwarves from Lord of the Rings. And... I'm honestly going with myconids from uh, D&D just because yeah. they're even they don't communicate much at all. Right, but I just meant more but of yeah, a size yeah, yeah, range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Magnificus and Beautia are actually the children of Savannah, which explains why Savannah is not trying to either marry or overpower her or use her as some sort of like weapon and more so trying to elevate Beautia every time in all of his plans. He's trying to make Beautia something. So mm-hmm. he's essentially trying to elevate his incredibly attractive who a uh, child who also has the ability to charm people with her looks and uh, magnificus is just like a big strong dude who apparently can fight moderately well against captain marvel who punches planes out of the sky so i'm gonna just say that magnificus is probably as strong if not stronger than like 10 15 men i'm gonna say right. Ven- i'm gonna say venusian gravity I don't know if that has anything to do with it, smaller planet. I don't know. I don't know if Venusian I... gravity is worse or better than Earth gravity. Hang on, I'm going to science. We're going to science. Dr. Internet's going to help us. Hold on. Venus and Earth are about the same size and diameter. However, uh, Venus is only 80% the mass of Earth. so It's actually lighter gravity? Yeah. Okay, so never mind then. He's just He never skips leg day. <laughs> so that's the end of our summary. Uh, I'm going to touch on a couple of things here that just for the sake of... Uh, world building every issue has billy reporting as a radio reporter with a like radio backpack and going to things uh going overseas as a war correspondent going to the college uh trying to meet up with the disguised savannah to like go to venus with him there is an incredible amount of trust and leeway given to an 11 year old child who for all intents and purposes, just Hardy Boys his way into a job. Yep. And even the Hardy Boys are not given this much, like, yeah, just go do shit. It's amazing. Um, Billy also, like, goes to natural disasters and shit like that. And it's totally irresponsible for anybody who does not know that Billy is also a superhero. Billy is apparently very good at his job. Everyone listens to Billy's reports. They're all really proud of him. They like Billy a lot. Billy also gets an award and like the last issue that we read for being so good at his job and i'm like if i was an adult i'd be pissed off about that i've i've been doing this a lot longer than you small child how dare you beautia is infatuated with captain marvel and for whatever reason doesn't seem to remember that billy is captain marvel despite seeing him kind of turn into captain marvel occasionally and her father 
like out and out straight up knowing that Billy is also Captain Marvel. Uh, Captain Marvel kills. Not frequently, but yes. He he kills enough that his body count is let's uh oh yeah what's the number? We'll get the notes here. Fifteen people. Hmm. That's not insubstantial. Yeah. That's uh, and a couple of those are Gimli's too. Because one of them is like a building full of bad guys. Like it explodes. Savannah's lab blows up. And he doesn't save anybody. And clearly states that he would kill Savannah or put him behind bars. So we're talking like Green Lantern levels death. Well, I would say that the key thing is it's it's Avatar without parachutes mainly. Sure. Yeah. Avatar the Last Airbender specifically, not mm-hmm. James Cameron's Blue People Avatar. We we don't talk about that. I do, but that's just because I'm weird. Leave this room. No. <laughs> uh, a couple things now that we have all those facts out in the open. I have a couple questions that are never really, in, to my knowledge, answered in any comic further on. Now, is Captain Marvel supposed to replace the wizard Shazam? Or is the wizard Shazam now a part of Billy Batson's consciousness? Because hmm. is that's why I say he disappears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because... He's the one with the power. And in it's my understanding, or it was my ass- assumption, that when Billy became Captain Marvel, he was essentially unlocking the dormant power of the wizard Shazam within his body and allowing the wizard to take control of his form. Essentially giving the wizard his youth. This is never established, never mm. explained, to my knowledge... This was just my assumption of the situation. Not that... It's kind of like Firestorm. If you're watching Arrow or Flash, um, two individuals who exist inside the same form that are not necessarily distinct from each other, but kind of more so two different personalities. I have always understood it to be that they are actually two distinct entities, and Billy is at best like riding backseat uh when captain marvel is out and about so but it sounds like that's less the case canonically right because if you watch uh young justice or the justice league animated film justice league war which was the new 52 version of the approach of apocalypse uh dark side and apocalypse captain marvel is very distinctly a child's brain in an adult's body mm-hmm. that's fine too so we have two problems here now that arise from both of these situations. Oh. <laughs> In one situation, yeah. you have the secondary personality of the Wizard Shazam or Captain Marvel within Billy Batson. So, is Billy shotgun for the actions of Captain Marvel? If so, Billy has to watch his quote-unquote body kill people and is not in control of that. So there is some sort of disassociation going on there that could be incredibly psychologically damaging for Billy but likely in this interpretation of the comic is incredibly exciting for an 11 year old child to witness so that's that's one of the questions is does he mind does he have like a uh uh and the fu- oh you haven't watched Steven Universe can he break fusion is right the short well that's a Dragon Ball Z thing too as well as like yeah, uh the, yeah, or the Dr. True. Fate yeah, mentality yeah. where if you put mm-hmm. the helmet like in later versions of Dr. Fate if you put the helmet on you are watching Nabu control you mm-hmm. so there's a kind of a darker implication there in the secondary two personalities situation the other problem is that is a child in an adult's body 
That is incredibly irresponsible. And he does not fully understand the implications of what he is doing. That is an 11-year-old child murdering people with superpowers. I'm... Not necessarily like murdering, but yeah, that but that, that is actually a pet peeve of mine. But uh, he's he's killing people. Yes. However, he's doing it in a cartoonish Saturday morning uh, cartoon way. Except for that one time where he punched four planes out of the sky and you saw them fall into a crevasse in the Arctic Circle. Still didn't see the people. No, but but there's also the moment yeah. in which he also declares that he would either imprison Savannah or kill him. Mm-hmm. That's kind of troubling. That Billy Batson could potentially be in that mindset when Captain Marvel. Yes, second issue. However, there is truth to that. But there's and but that's the, never that's never so, retconned and he continues yeah. to act that way. Like I don't he, know that he he's never, ever been that forthright about it again or uh upfront about being willing to kill. But the thing that I keep coming back to is this is like the first for all that we've done stories that are obviously appealing to kids this is the first time we've had just these are kids stories. Oh yes, and I can, the thing I go back to is the image of action figures, mm-hmm. and this is like for ever, for all that everyone talks about secret the original uh, Secret Wars uh, being a bunch of action figures mash your stuff together. I think that's what this is, and it's yeah. like what would the superhero say? He'd say this. He'd do this, and he'd. Punch the planes. Right. This is this is Saturday morning cartoons in yeah. the, in the most innocent punch, sense. And when you punch a plane, it's gonna blow up, right? Right. Yeah. So that's true. It's just it's the implications are not pleasant. Right. The implications okay. are not pleasant, and there's a darker undertone to this that a child would not necessarily understand. But as an adult, well, critically analyzing this, you're going, did that kid just kill people? So that's that's where i'm coming from it's not like i'm not condemning the comic in any way i'm just going like as an adult now when i read these i'm kind of looking at the the secondary implication here yeah and i think this comes back to a a philosophical disagreement that we've had in the past same same thing with flash like for me i do the okay that he's making a meet an entire turkey joke comic uh it works for me and you see the the implications well and and it's and it's not tinging or 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 hindering my enjoyment of the comic mind you so much Mm -hmm. that there's a difference between even those situations for me just thinking about them in a critical sense Mm -hmm. billy is almost more forgivable because he's a child yes and doesn't know any better jay is an adult and should know better Mm -hmm. in fact jay is also a scientist and is smarter than the average person and should know better it's not so much that I have a problem with the action so much as that the character presented should know better or doesn't have the wherewithal to understand. Doesn't mean it's a bad comic. It's just if we're looking at all the comics in the same vein as the entire, all the characters are treated, especially when Jay Garrick then has to be in the Justice Society alongside mm-hmm. other characters who are taken incredibly seriously. Mm-hmm. I then take Jay Garrick seriously because yeah. clearly Johnny Thunder is the comic character and not Jay Garrick. And mm-hmm. so that's where I'm coming from. It's like if Jay Garrick is going to be put alongside the Sandman and Dr. Fate and the Spectre, Jay Garrick's meant to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. Action adventure, but seriously, as serious as you would, in fact, take Indiana Jones. And you're right, the context does matter because Flash comics, especially within the context of the uh, All-Star uh, comics, yeah, it... 
Those were serious. There, there is yeah. some degree that you're supposed to take that seriously, or at least semi-seriously. This is thankfully at least divorced from those kinds yeah. of contexts. These are very intentionally happy-go-lucky fun time comics. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stakes are are relatively high, but they're never um, dark. They're never at, the darkest one is the the refugees in the building, yeah. but that's like a wartime one, not so much mm-hmm. like um, a murder plot or you know poisoning or depriving the U.S.'s children of nourishment. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are. It's it's a vacation in dark town instead of we're setting up shop. This was never derived from pulp the right. way that Hawkman or right. Green Lantern was. Exactly. And that's that's yeah. the that's the difference between this and I think the Flash for me is mm-hmm. there's a definite history, like at least two to three years of history and, and theming coming from a company that is very clearly cultivating a a, a brand. And he's doing weird stuff like that, and this is the beginning of their brand, so they can mm-hmm. kind of get away with this, and I'm okay with that until they start... These are their rules. They're yeah. establishing their rules here. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome, mm-hmm. because it's it's good. Like they're, Yeah, no, these are great issues. These are, honestly, if you can find these, pick them up. They're really fun. This is, yeah. this is what you think Golden Age comics are. Mm-hmm. This, this is what comes to mind with Golden Age. Right. Yeah. So this was this was a great choice for us to do purely because this was just so fun to read and they were quick reads, but it's like I, I can't turn that switch off. So I always think about mm-hmm. stuff like this. And it's just fun too because then I'm just thinking about like darkest timelines of like yeah. Billy Batson stuck inside the Shazam body because it is also canon that Billy's immortal as long as he's Shazam. Mm-hmm. So that's an 11 year old child who effectively doesn't age, but mentally learns. And would learn even more as Shazam because he has Solomon's wisdom. And that's a lot of weird stuff to think about. Does that wisdom bleed back into his normal life? Does Billy ever go to school? Why would he need to? It's like there's lots of, there's (laughs) lots of, there's so much you could do with him and I just don't think they know what to do with him because of Superman. Yeah, and in the wrong hands... It's easy to get him wrong. I think they just need to really sit down and look at Shazam and try and do a new push with him. I'm hoping that happens with the movie. Yeah, that's right. I'm hoping that, you know, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, being attached as Black Adam. That's right. Oh, shit, that's awesome. Who's one of my favorite villains. Who is the... Read 52. Oh, yeah. Read 52 now. It It is a fantastic series with Black Adam and... Black Adam, in my mind, is the more uh, archetypal villain to Shazam, which is an adult who is exactly the, sh- the same as Shazam, but got his powers from the wizard in Egypt, and his gods are, or his people that he derives power from are Egypt-based or Egyptian, and it's an old man who gets sent out into space because he's evil, and sh- the wizard sends him away, and then he comes back after Captain Marvel's kind of established for a while, and that's his, like, big evil villain. Um, I think I took the most of this because of fun talkingness, but do you have any points that you want to bring up? Alright, so I did talk a little bit about uh, the action figure metaphor, and that really just, like, that crystallizes for me these stories. These characters are action figures. Beautia especially. So, the Be- thing worth noting about Beautia is that she is 100% like she's the girl. Like, you, yeah. you hear about, uh, people talk about Jean Grey being the girl on uh, the original X-Men team, not really having a character beyond that. She's, like, Beautia is a, a pretty okay version of that archetype. 
still falls into many of the same issues, of course, but still very enjoyable to read and not not a negative portrayal. It's like kid reaches into the box, pulls out an action figure, and who's that? She's Beautia. And what's her power? Everybody likes her. Yep. But, well, why? Because she's pretty, but she's not sexy. Yeah. Because she is a child's version of, okay, she's pretty, so everyone likes her. And... It, and is she a bad guy? No, she's pretty. Right. She's she's definitely not sexy. Mm-hmm. And there's no sexual undertones there because None. oddly in an in an oddly great stroke of writing genius, she's Sivana's daughter. And there is very little uh between her and Captain Marvel reciprocally. Yeah. Uh she is, of course, like, oh, Captain Marvel, he's the best. But it's because he's the best. Yeah. She is the prettiest, and Captain Marvel is the best, and Savannah is her dad. Right. It works so well not to have these weird forced relationships. Thank you. Oh, yeah, and, like, Magnificus is thrown in, and it's like, <laughs> it totally works. You're like, yeah. Oh, good. You're like, fuck yeah, that guy's just super buff, and he's dope, and he's just like, sorry, you were attacking my dad. I, I just didn't, that wasn't cool. And, and Captain Marvel's like, oh, my bad. He's like, yeah, it's cool. We're cool. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. Like, they, they immediately have a truce after, like, four panels. It's amazing. Yeah. And you can also tell that the action figure metaphor works, because... Once they've pulled out the beauty action figure, the kid doesn't go back and grab any more women action figures. There are very few other women in this. Right. Uh, there's like the circus lady who appears in an issue that beauty doesn't. Right. And I think there's a couple hostages. Yeah, maybe. And that's something it. like that. Yeah. Like not even that many. An hostages. old woman. Yeah. Who's being, who's being uh, like ransomed or her husband's being ransomed to her. That's yeah, about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, and it's it's funny. Like beauty as a character is just. It fits the Saturday morning cartoon. Mm-hmm. She's she's Jesse and Magnificus is James and Savannah's Meowth. Yes. <laughs> that's ex- that's exactly what their entire <laughs> dynamic is. Is their Team Rocket and Captain Marvel is Ash. And yeah, yeah. Rather, Billy is Ash. Captain Marvel's Pikachu. Okay. Side note: I just now <laughs> realized how is it that we? I, I want to applaud the writers of Pokemon. For never trying to introduce anything between Jesse and Ash. Yeah. Like, uh, in retrospect, like that that's not insignificant because you usually have some degree of attraction between like the attractive lady villain and the protagonist. Yeah, the only thing they ever really have between the I refer to them as the Pokey Destined and Team Rocket is Misty and Jesse arguing about who's prettier. Which is totally in character. That's right. the best. And that's really the only... Like, even Brock doesn't find Jesse attractive. And if you mm-hmm. if Brock, the notorious lady chaser, doesn't find Jesse attractive, then that's actually kind of cool. Not that mm-hmm. they downplay Jesse being either attractive exactly. or independent. But they don't introduce that dynamic. Yeah, that's an unnecessary plot to mm-hmm. deal with. They looked at it. Uh, they looked at that on the storyboard and said, "Nope." Yeah. And they have never gone. To it's it. the, they're the bad guys. It's like mm-hmm. in uh, Captain Planet. None of the kids ever fell in love with the the chick villain of that. Like it was. It's been in, so long since I saw Captain. Uh, but like that, it's the same thing. Like you just you just don't do that. You don't you. There's no need for it. She mm-hmm. can have her own subplot of romantic entanglement with a villain, but it's not needed between the heroes and the villains just because it's it's too messy and it brings up too many 
ideas that children don't need. Which is probably why these sold so fucking well. Yeah. The, these, there is nothing in these that is not perfect for kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for the death. Murder. But yeah. we, we, as a country, made our peace with that a long Defensive time ago. Defensive murder. As I, refer to, <laughs> as I refer to as self-defense killing. That, that and off-screen stuff. Yeah. The one thing like that I think also kind of crystallized it, beauty uh, is the kind of person who wants to be worshipped but won't make people worship her. She is the kind of person who just assumes, hey, I'm, I am this awesomeness, and if I just put myself out there, people will worship me. She tries to be made uh, president of the United States, or more accurately, uh, her dad tries to make her that. But she's just like, yeah, I'm, let me just put myself on billboards, and they'll elect me. Yeah, you never see her with the uh, flavor of the week boyfriend that she like suddenly that like suddenly it's mm-hmm. it's Mortimer this week or what what rich boyfriend can I snag with my looks because I'm using mm-hmm. people she's never using her looks as a weapon so much as just yes, like it's never weaponized yeah it's it's not malicious sexiness it's just this is the tool that I have and this will get me the thing that I need you know without without it being evil it's like um, I need to win this beauty pageant. I'm beauty. I'm so beautiful. I'm obviously going to win, and she yes. wins. As opposed to like using her beauty to seduce a judge, she's just like, <laughs> "I am the prettiest," and everyone's like, "That is correct. You are the prettiest, and here is your reward." You know, <laughs> that's that's about it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I almost feel like there's not even that much intent. It's just, I am going to walk in there, and they are going to recognize. It's I believe it's referred to as her natural charm or her like super powerful charm. It's just yeah. she's just naturally charismatic and pretty, and that's about it. Oh man, now I want to. Okay, so I highly recommend Generation Hope. Uh, I know I just recommended a uh, Marvel comic. It's fine. But, You're allowed to. But uh, it's really interesting seeing Kieran Gillen write about this almost supernatural leadership style that some leaders of superhero teams have, like okay, if everyone just follows this person, why? And it's really interesting. That'd be fascinating. So, yeah. Like, In-world or just as a cl- uh, critical analysis? Uh, In-world. Oh, that's uh, even cooler. But but you think about, like, Scott Summers, like, everyone just kind of follows him. It's... I, I've never... There are specific story arcs where Scott feels like a natural leader, but most of the time it's kind of like, well, he's written to be as though he's the best leader and even though his actions don't necessarily reflect it they tell us he's the best there's leader. gotta there's gotta be a reason exactly that they do a little bit of uh sort of grappling with that idea of well why right that's Highly interesting recommended. yeah I'd, I'd definitely be willing to check that out yeah it's like a it's a 17 issue run oh. so that's like two hours on marvel unlimited yeah something like that uh what else do i have these are fast-moving stories. There is no slowness to them. Yeah. I was happy. Yeah. Also, Venetian monsters. Oh, God. So cool. Yeah, the Venusian also, animals were so weird. Also, really colorful. Like, I like the color palette in this. It's a lot of colors, a lot of bright colors. That first shot of, uh, God, I'm trying to place it in my head, but there's like a city that's just yellows and greens and blues. Well, yeah. kind of like looking at, like, like uh, Cinque Terre, the Italian uh, mm-hmm. villages on on the mountainside, and just all those bright colors. Uh, what else? Okay, I got one. Remember we talked about a football game? Unfortunately. Yeah. So the final score of that one was nine to six. 
Now, granted, it was 9-6 to six because Captain Marvel came in at the very end of the game, essentially. So there wasn't time for the Superman-style complete train demolishing. Yeah, he, did, he like got a safety and like one or two other things or some shit like that. Which he threw it at the other guys, at the other team's quarterback so hard that it knocked him into the end zone. Wait a minute. Yes, I think he passed to the no, other quarterback. No, no, no. It's, it's impossible for him to have an odd number of points if he got a safety. Safety two. Yeah. And How did he get seven. nine? And then seven. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. I, I did the same confusion bit. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but it does mean that the other team got exactly two field goals. Uh, or failed the point after, which I don't remember what, which it was in there. But that's a low-scoring game. Yeah, for college football. So, I did actually a little bit of digging, uh, looking at the NFL championship games from the 40s. On mm. the one hand, like, 1940, scrolling through my notes. Yes, 1940, the Bears beat Washington 73-0, to mm. which, mm. wow, and I think was more or less concurrent with this. So, okay, high-scoring games more normal? Uh, no, because in 1948, the Eagles won 7-0. Try keeping ratings up with scores that low in modern times. Yeah. Yeah, like that just sounds like a shit game. However, a little bit of a spread discrepancy. Uh, we don't have a clear standard deviation here. Right. Also, dumb things that bug me. They specifically at one point mention, uh, I think it's the crown jewels of the Kingdom of Elba. Mm-hmm. Elba isn't a kingdom. It hasn't been a kingdom since the Congress of Vienna. It was part of the Grand Duchy of Tuscany and then part of the Kingdom of Italy. So, remember, just because for a brief period of time, Napoleon was considered the sovereign of Elba, even though it was formerly French territory. I don't know, know whether it was technically a sovereign nation ruled by Napoleon between uh, his initial fall and the uh, Hundred Days. I don't know for sure, but one way or another, there is no Kingdom of Elba. And I gotta say this, Yellowface and Blackface, Yep, you gotta bring it, it up. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, there's some very chinese people in there that is, like, really not okay. More so than anyone has ever shown um, in any of the comics we've seen previously. It's yeah. bad. Like, the, it's got the that, font like... font changes. It's got that, like, Chinese takeout menu font. Yeah. Oh, boy. And the Blackface is just bad yeah one instance of the yellow face and the only instance of blackface were people intentionally trying to be disguised so it's a little bit eh, but then there's also a super racist portrayal of the chinese guy earlier yeah. on i think one of the crime lords a of couple the of them there's two actually yeah. well um, one of them is uh oh that's right yeah, disguise, yeah right but yeah, the other right. one is here's an actual chinese person crime lord of an area and yeah that's a shitty Ooh, portrayal yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I had to call it out. It sucked. It wasn't a focus. It sucked. There you go. Yep. Don't be racist. Yeah. So, I do have one thing I want to close on. Sure. Uh, we didn't really wind up doing this too much last time because we had Koi on, and of course, that episode was awesome. Go listen if you haven't already. Yes, please. Uh, but... What have you been reading lately that you're interested in? Um, oh, that's a good question. I was reading... So I got this uh, app on my phone that is a bunch of uh, free comics. Just free Webtoon comics. I, I believe the app is just called Webtoon. And it's uh, a bunch of just uh, comics that are free that you can read. And I've nice. been reading um, this one that I really actually like. 
It's kind of funny. It's called Heroic uh, Heroin Chic. Wait, is that the uh, the fashion designer? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I saw an ad for that. It's uh, Yeah, it's called Heroin Chic, and it's about a woman who goes to work for a fashion designer who designs the clothes for superheroes. And it's mm. actually really funny, and I kind of like it. And it's well-drawn. It's, it, it's easy to read on your phone. Oh, that's why it's formatted like that. It was always such a strange style going yeah. through it on, uh, on a computer. On Facebook, yeah. But it's, it's neat. I like it. And uh, it's kind of fun, and it's a really easy read Like whenever I kind of want to just like look at something really quick and not like sit down and open a book. Uh, David Tishman, Audrey Mock, Tanya Horry, and Taylor Esposito. Uh, good, good work. I like it. It's, uh, like I said, it's free on this app called Webtoon on your phone or any sort of device I'm sure that you could have apps on. And uh, it's, it's cute. I like it a lot. It's a nice little diversion from normal superhero stuff, and also it... it basically centers around a female character uh mainly female characters and yeah it's fun nice and that god like the formatting of that for uh the flow seems like it would be so much better like the issue that i keep coming back to with reading uh, marvel unlimited stuff is if i try to just read like straight down it's gonna be like hyper zoomed out on my phone do i like take the time to flip it over and then scroll through yeah. and then scroll to the next page like the spacing between word bubbles like that seems super intentional uh yeah it's it's distinctive like i actually do recommend you check that out especially if you're trying to figure out ways of making your comic readable on a mobile device yeah uh on my end uh i have two answers uh the first was something i realized as i was sitting down for this because it touches on a subject that is near and dear to both of our hearts. Captain America. We're not even the biggest uh, Cap fans, either of us, but things are weird with Cap right now. Uh, this is also following... Speaking of Nazis. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is actually following up on something that Koi recommended, uh, mm. the She-Hulk series. Yeah. I think I read the right one. Uh, and one of the story arcs in it is She-Hulk being the lawyer, the defense lawyer for Steve Rogers, now older uh, and depowered, uh, against Hawkeye as the prosecutor. I'm going to do a little bit of a spoiler on this because I think it really brings home the impact of it. So uh, it's an old case uh, before he, like a week or two before he joined the super soldier program and uh, tried to enlist. Uh, he and a friend of his went to go find this friend who had gone wrong and it turned out was working with Nazis. Just like, hey, I, I fell in with a bad crowd kind of situation. Try to get him out of there. Got, uh, someone from the Nazi group comes over, sees them talking, and is like, okay, no, uh, you, need to, you need to shut up. And Steve realizes what's going on. And like, oh, you're Nazis. And just doesn't stop standing up to the guy and trash-talking Nazis. America's never going to be stopped. Uh, we're, we're going to stop people like you. Uh, to the point where the guy the guy caps uh, Steve's friend who came there with him. Uh, and, okay, deathbed confession. Okay, it suddenly comes out. The trial is, was Steve Rogers responsible for this guy's death? And Steve's response to this coming out is not to try to bury it in any way, 
not even to put up his best defense and say, like, okay, no, like, we're doing this straightforward and honest. He gets his friends to defend and prosecute him <laughs> because he wants the best. And he says to both of them, do this the right way, but do it all the way. Because Captain America. Yes. The other recommendation I'm going to make, I'm really enjoying the X-Men eras, or the whole chunk of time between M-Day and, like, right before, and maybe a little bit during uh, Avengers vs. X-Men. Hmm. Not as much a fan of stuff since then, it's just, like, as a brand, it hasn't felt as cohesive, but especially coming from uh, my first exposure to, like, that era uh, was going through uh, the Laura Kenny stuff, and especially a chunk of that is X-Force. Nice. And it's the most, like, back up against the wall, like, really facing real threats of not just there aren't many of us, but there are groups that are actively coordinating. Bastion's trying to take us down. Mm -hmm. Exterminate us now. Uh, and you have Scott Summers as the wartime leader, and it not being, like, a hero versus hero thing. It's really legitimately... X-Men versus the coordinated villain groups and, by the way, real bigotry thinking that we're on the ropes anyway, so uh, a little bit of public rioting ain't gonna... that's gonna happen. Hmm. Uh, I like that era. Hmm. I like that era, and I like the fact that it was for a set amount of time and then it was done. Uh, so I highly recommend, uh, especially... Generation Hope, I thought was a really good example. Uncanny X-Men, which is Kieran Gillen's run from Schism through Avengers vs. X-Men, is spectacular. Uh, basically, if you see anything by Kieran Gillen, read it. Okay. He's the one who did Darth Vader. That's right. I remember now. Yeah. That's, that's going to do it for us uh, for this episode. Be sure to check out, obviously, the Instagram and uh, to see all those, some of those pictures that we were talking about. I know we were behind on visual aids. We're sorry. We've gotten really busy. I need really to do busy. that. I need to do that. We've gotten really busy. Works weird. Um, also, uh, be sure to check out our Twitch channel. We're playing the Injustice 2 game. We're really liking it so far. Watch me get my ass handed to me by people online. It's really fun for everybody involved. And uh, yeah, we will uh, see you all next time. Have a good one. DC Detectives can be found on iTunes and Stitcher. To stay in the know, check out our Facebook, Twitter, and our Instagram at dcdetectivespodcast.com. I don't know what was more surprising, Billy's transformation or his cavalier attitude while he was Captain Marvel. Sure, he was fighting on the side of good when we tracked down Savannah, but there was definitely more this boy had to learn. The line between child and irresponsible adult was getting blurry when superpowers became involved. Billy, in all honesty, reminded us heavily of our old friend Clark, and we wondered just what the Man of Steel had been up to since we last saw him. <laughs>